and I was talking to a principal the other day, just encouraging her to encourage her teachers to like find ways to facilitate rather than just teach. Yes. What I mean by that is if you can find, and some people will agree, some people won't, I'm disruptive though. If you can find a great YouTube video that's Mm -hmm. six to seven minutes long and it's engaging and it's entertaining and it gets the point across that you were trying to get in 45 minutes, play (laughs) that video and then facilitate discussion. Yes. Right. It, It like, I think I think even me back in the day, I was too concerned with me being the person to give the information, me being right, yes. me being in control, where right. if the goal is for transformation and not just transaction. Yes. Right? Like if we're really here to be transformational with our students, yes. then we need to give them what they need, when they need it, how they need it. I like to call it equity. I don't know what other yes. people call it, but, but <laughs> let's meet them where they are. Let's learn them to know this is yes. what our students need in order to be effective, if that's the main goal, right? So yes. if that is that, then let's keep the main thing the main thing and, and let's do a six minute YouTube or let's do some collaborative work or let's play yes. some music that has yes. some meaning to it that can still yes. get the same information. And then let's talk about it. Let's do a discussion instead of one talking head, you know, for 30 to 45 minutes. So that's my thought on it, man. Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, change maker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards, and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and to usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited today to welcome my guest, Dwight Taylor Sr. He is one of our board members at Growth Public Schools, and I'm so happy for you to hear his interview because he's got so much energy, and he's a motivational speaker, which will come through very clearly. He's also a TEDx speaker. He's got an Amazon best-selling book. He's an international communicator. He's been endorsed by Les Brown and you're really going to enjoy the conversation because we share our passion for education reform and basically creating the best option for kids and creating environments that are inclusive and participatory. You'll hear him speak about the importance of student engagement, how to connect with young people. And I know for certain that you will feel energized and come away with some new ideas for communication in any of your relationships after listening to this episode. So let's get started. All right. Hello, everyone. And um, I want to just welcome Dwight Taylor Sr. here. Dwight, thanks for taking some time with us today. Appreciate you for having me on, my man. Let's get it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So Dwight is actually on the board of directors of Growth Public Schools. And Dwight and I met through a mutual friend. He does awesome work all around Sacramento. He's originally from the Bay Area. He's an awesome guy. So that's why I'm having him on. I'd love to just start by uh, asking you to tell us a little, little bit about yourself so the audience knows uh, who we're talking to here. 
Definitely. Uh, again, man, thank you for having me on. I don't take this lightly. I take it, you know, as an honor and a privilege. So super humbled to be with you and your viewers. And so uh, just a little bit about me and we'll probably jump into more of it as the conversation flows. But originally from Richmond, California, now living in Sacramento, uh, my mother and father, 17 and 18 years old when they raised me. Fortunately, they had great, great support system and my grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins, um, we, we've heard it before, right? It takes a village. And so right. my parents were fortunate enough to have that village around them at such a young age to help help raise me, you know? And so uh, through that, my, my grandparents invested in my education. They invested in my K through eighth grade. They also invested in my ninth through 12th grade. I graduated from Bishop O'Dowd High School in Oakland, California. And uh, from there ended up going to Fresno State University. I was a D1 track athlete. Uh, finished there with a Bachelor of Science degree in child development. And in the midst of that, I was thinking, all right, I'm going to be a conventional teacher. I'm going to go teach yeah. in a school. And it, yeah. it, it, it didn't take long for me to recognize and realize that the way that I've been created, the way that I've been built, the way that I've been uh, fashioned was not made for the conventional teaching yeah. uh, space. And so my grandmother quickly was like, hey, you understand that Although you have a degree in child development, although in your mind you had this thought and idea of becoming a teacher in a conventional setting, you know that you can still be an unconventional teacher. And yep. so she she just expanded my mind and, and began to have me think outside of the box, more so do away with the box completely and create something mm -hmm. new. And so yep. uh, for the last, I say, 17 so years, I've been a what I like to call a disruptive educator. <laughs> I'm always looking for ways to disrupt and, you know, depending on what people feel about that word, we'll, we'll pretty much dis determine where they land on that. But for me, right. it's uh, disrupting the status quo, right? Yeah. Disrupting what's always been, especially if what's always been is not working, is mm -hmm. not effective, is not efficient. And so uh, that's what I've been doing. I've, I've been not necessarily in the school system, but actually working with coaching, teaching students and parents who are within that system. Um, yeah. Later on down the line, I became an educational consultant for school districts, as well as principals and teachers. And so that's what I'm still doing to this day. You know, I'm, I'm still an educational consultant. Along with that, I'm a professional communicator. And that simply means that I use communication to convey the messages that have been placed on my heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do that through public speaking. I used to be an artist, so I used to rap and, and, and convey that message. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do group settings. I facilitate. And so any type of way that I can communicate a message that is not only relevant but necessary, that's what I do. And if any of you were asleep or you were not energetic, <laughs> <laughs> I knew Dwight was going to bring it. Okay, You're not yeah. going to be able to relax and, uh, with, uh, with Dwight on the line. So Here's the thing, you know that my life's purpose is to reform our education system. Yes. And as we are embarking upon this great change, I started my teaching career in Oakland, California. Mm, and okay. I was so dismayed by not the kids, not the kids. Everyone's like, how'd you teach in Oakland? I was like, the kids were amazing. Right. It was a system that was really um, quite depressing, the adults yeah. in the system. And so um, I'm not surprised that we're, we're, uh, we're linked up because we have similar, similar goals in our life and all of that. But what, it, what in the system do you think is currently not working? Because I really do think we need to 
this is a time of great change and the shakeups happening. So this is a massive opportunity to really start to change the way we're doing our, doing our school and our working with kids and all that. So what, what, like what didn't work for you or what do you see that's not working? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I am speaking to many districts about and principals about right now is that we are pushing for, we've been pushing for right in the educational system, been pushing for student achievement and every nuance that goes in with student achievement. My point is we can't have student achievement without student engagement, mm. right? And that's not just in the school system. If you look at a business owner, yeah. you're not gonna have, you know, uh, your business is not gonna be booming or growing if your employees are not engaged, right? If they're not excited about coming, if they are feeling underemployed where their, their passions aren't being used to fullest potential, yes. then they're only gonna give you about 50%, right? right? And so take that to a school setting. If these students are not fully engaged, if they don't feel like their passions are being highlighted, but even acknowledged, right? right. If, if the person that they are is not being acknowledged, is not being celebrated, then you're not going to engage them. You don't engage them. You will not get the achievement that you are looking for. And yes. so for me, it's very simple. You want student achievement? Focus on student engagement. And, yeah. and that's where I've been able to just kind of creep in that white space where people either are not willing to engage with students right. and meet them where they are, or they're just not equipped to do it, right. right? And so so for me, I'll go in and do a program for those that may not have the time to get equipped, but for those who do have, a, have the time, then I will go do a workshop and, and do those type of things in order to get our teachers uh, prepared. And so, yeah. you know, student engagement is is the biggest piece for me. It's, it's not about really anything else. It's about, hey, let's get our students engaged yeah. and then they will achieve the other piece to that in order to get our students engaged and more so keep them engaged. We need our families to be engaged. Yes. Right. So yes. when our families are engaged, then they can help the, the teachers, the principals keep the students engaged. But when the families aren't engaged, you're going to have a hard time even keeping students right. engaged because even if you're engaging them at school, when they go home, that's not being reinforced. Right. right? So family Families engaged, students engaged, achievement will happen. Yeah, and we're so on the same page because as I'm, you know, my kids are now, um, you know, my kids transferred out of the school that, we, you know, that you're on the board of, but they're in the local school now. And I was literally sitting there this morning and being like, I did a Zoom course that was three hours a week, mm. three hours at a time, six to 9 p.m. And I, I didn't finish. I didn't do it. Like I left after the yeah. third week yeah. because three hours on a Zoom course, they were just talking at me for three hours. There was no engagement. So I'm watching my son who's now in fourth grade. And um, and it's not really a criticism of the teacher because I think it's just the system she's in, but because the parents really want this like very academic experience. But she's just talking at the students for an hour. I mean, she breaks it up into three different one hour segments, but she's talking at them for an hour at a time. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm 44 years old and I can't even sit through that. So yeah. how's a nine-year-old gonna sit through that? Um, so that, so I was like, couldn't they just like play some music Right. for the first few minutes? Right. Could they do little small groups? Like our principal, right. you know, Mrs. Johnson, she had a great professional development for our teachers. Go ahead, Dwight, you're going to say something. Uh, I was just going to say, right. One of the things that prior to COVID and, and remote distance, whatever you want to call the type of learning that's going on right now that I have not seen be so effective, but I'm trying to stay optimistic. Um, of course you are. <laughs> 
a lot of schools, a lot of districts, a lot of principals, a lot of teachers are feeling that this is the disconnect where I'm letting them know, no, there was a disconnect prior to yes. us having to do Zoom, right? <laughs> yes. Because when I have, me personally, I have no problem getting 15 to 20 students on a Zoom ever. Yeah. I've been doing since since we stepped into COVID, I've transferred to going on Zoom, going on Google Hangout and connecting with our students. These young people don't even want to get off after an hour. Right. So <laughs> it, it's not about this being the disconnect. Yeah, it's about yeah. there was Thanks a disconnect yes. already. It was yes. just that when you have a student in your classroom, you have a little bit more constraints that you can put on them now. You don't yes. have that. So now you don't have the constraints yes. you were able to put on them. Now they have more freedom you're basically seeing what was already, what was already yes. happening. You know what I mean? You're just seeing it in, in faster time now. Yes, right? exactly. So, so yeah. one of my things is even, I was talking to a principal the other day, just encouraging her to encourage her teachers to like find ways to facilitate rather than just teach. Yes. Right? What I mean by that is if you can find, and some people will agree, some people won't, I'm disruptive though. If you can find a great YouTube video that's mm -hmm. six to seven minutes long and it's engaging and it's yes. entertaining and it gets the point across that you were trying to get in 45 minutes, play <laughs> that video and then facilitate discussion. Yes. Right. It, it, like, I think, I think even me back in the day, I was too concerned with me being the person to give the information, me being right, yes. me being in control, where right. if the goal is for transformation and not just transaction, Yes. Right? Like if we're really here to be transformational with our students, yes. then we need to give them what they need, when they need it, how they need it. I like to call it equity. I don't know what other yes. people call it, but, but <laughs> let's meet them where they are. Let's learn them to know this is yes. what our students need in order to be effective, if that's the main goal. Right. So yes. if that is that, then let's keep the main thing, the main thing. And, and let's do a six minute YouTube or let's do some collaborative work or let's play yes. some music that has yes. some meaning to it that can still yes. get the same information. And then let's talk about it. Let's do a discussion instead of one talking head, you know, for 30 to 45 minutes. So that's my thought on it, man. Uh, that's not only your thought, my friend, but that is what all the best educational research in the last 10 years is basically saying, like, stop talking at them and let them right. co-create, let them engage. Yeah facilitate yeah put a video on meet them where they're at it's one of the california teaching standards like know your students make sure that they actually you actually know exactly what they're interested in and then meet them right there yeah. so yeah you get it i'm not surprised you get it and i know that's why people are hiring you and what i was going to say though is like you said that you thought you had to be like the person at the front and like you know mandating everything and i think that's the system that we currently operate under is really this belief system that like the kids are empty literally this is like the way the system is built the kids are empty vessels they sit in a desk and you just pour the information in right. their head so what you're talking about is that we highlight the dysfunctions of the system that are just being written the, the dark is shining the light is shining on the dark big time across exactly. the whole Fair. world right now and one of the dark things is we have these dysfunctional schools and the teachers are doing their best they're doing great but then you're shining the light like you said on the fact that they're not engaged already in a classroom. So if you're trying to, and then you're transferring like not the greatest way to do teaching, learning school right. to a video console, like to right. a Zoom. And then it's just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we're, we're in yeah. the same boat. You know, there are some, and I won't throw all of the teachers or all of the principals or all of the districts. No. There, there's a lot of them that have been reaching out to the like, show us. Like we, yeah. we are willing to, to not stay in this fixed mindset and we're willing to grow. 
Like Great. show us, show us what you've learned, show us what works and, and let's figure out how we implement it at our highest, right? My, my greatest strength may not be yours, but if you can operate at your greatest strength and take these same concepts, strategies, yes. tools, principles, then you can, you can do your best to implement them in a way that best suits you, but more specifically best suits the people that you serve every single day that you know yeah. better than I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about the parents, because I think that in this moment, all the parents, have, not all, but a lot of parents have become teachers. Yes. Right. Because you're doing the distance learning. And I think you're starting to see as a parent what actually this is all about. Yeah. And you're starting to see that there's a lot, there could be busy work or there could be this disconnection between, you know, why is my kid spending three hours doing, you know, this and this and that when it has nothing to do with anything. Right. And why are we doing that? So I'm hoping that parents are starting to ask themselves, why? Yeah. Why did we do this? Why did we do that? And you call it disruption. I know that that word does have some, you know, discussion around it, but I, I don't even call it disruption. I call it disruption. I call it evolution. Yeah, I like it. It's like, like <laughs> because disruption means you're going against something. Right. But I'm like, we're not going against, the, we're going, we're flowing with the current, mm-hmm. which is That's the good. world is moving, the world is changing, the world's evolving. Yeah. And you have this massive behemoth, you know, system machine of the public school system or, or any school that's really actually they're the ones that are that are going against the flow because that's not where the kids are the kids are ready to and in today's world the kids are ready to create things make things and they don't want to be sitting still in a, in a chair and, and having information poured into their brain like they're not going to put up with that anymore right Right. No, I, I feel it, man. You, you hit the nail on the head. I like that evolution. Right. We're evolving. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like you said, the, the world. Uh, we've been doing school the same that my parents were doing schools, the same that my yeah. grandparents were doing school. Yeah. And the world does not look anything like that anymore. Right. Yeah. And so we're actually setting our young people up for failure. Right. Yeah. And, and they're stepping into the real world earlier now due to social media and due to mm-hmm. being able to yeah. get and access everything at the touch of a button. If you have a phone in the fourth grade and there are two different worlds they're living in. Yeah. And, and so if we keep feeding them this world that is broken, that, that yeah. needs fixing, then we're doing them a disservice. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you 100 percent, man. Well, and you know, when things, we closed our school on March 13th, Friday, the 13th. Mm. <laughs> and on that day, I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be interesting. I felt really urgent, like, oh, I got to do something quickly because who knows when schools will back, open back up. But I was like, this is the moment as an education reformer, we got to, I got to start the podcast. I got to start the blog. I got to start right. writing the book. Like everything has to happen. <laughs> and here we are six months later. And I'm like, oh, this is never going to be the same. And yeah. it's yeah. not, there's not, I mean, there's a rush obviously because our kids are at stake, but the, the rush that I thought was a rush, I was like, oh, this is actually going to be like, everything's going to change. It's never going to be the same again. And I just, I really hope that people start to ask the question about what can we do differently? And I think, um, you know, there are already things coming up with like the pod learning and different ways to deal with this. And I know there's a lot of equity issues with the pod learning. I'm not saying that's the solution, but there are really different ways to be doing this, you know, and part of just so you know, part of the mission, because, you know, I, I, I am starting a new organization and that the mission of this new organization is really around how do we highlight and amplify the great schools across the world? Mm. So okay. what are the yeah. teachers doing? What are, and I really think it's around, um, you know, I make jokes about how like we're, we're running the school system on like, you know, like a, an old operating system. It's mm. a, the operating system is so old. Yeah. That we're walking around with like a, you know, a, a Mac from like 1986 
And so we want to show people like, what is it that they're doing? How are they changing the operating system so that the best teachers are helping the other teachers and so that, you know, the people are getting out of the way and actually um, doing that. And on that note, you had mentioned that, you know, there's different things we need to be preparing our kids for in this new world. And I know communication is one of your passions. And I deeply believe that the skills that we need to teach our kids are not, you know, obviously the, the, the reading, writing, arithmetic, the basics, obviously you never take that away. But at the end of the day, they need some real skills like communication, like collaboration, like creativity right. to actually really be successful in the world. But tell, tell us about your passion about communication. Why do you love it so much? Why do you think it's important? Definitely. Um, and, and we might be here three hours doing that, but <laughs> I'll, I'll condense it, right? Me being an effective communicator, I have to make sure that my that my communication is complete and concise. So yes, I'll do that yes, for sir. you today. Uh, here, here's what it comes down to. There is never a time where we aren't communicating. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I want your listeners, your viewers to challenge me on that. Think of a time, tell me when there's a time that we are not communicating, mm-hmm. right? When we're asleep, when I'm asleep, I'm communicating to my wife that I'm tired. My body is communicating that it's time to shut down, right? So I'm communicating even when I'm asleep. I'm communicating every every waking moment because if I'm not communicating with others, I'm always communicating with myself, Mm -hmm. right? That I'm always having some type of dialogue if it's with other people or if it's my own self-talk. There's never a moment in the day where I'm not communicating something. Even if I'm not aware that I'm communicating to myself, my facial expression, my body language, my demeanor is communicating something to someone, right? And so with me understanding that, the way that I look at it is better communicators equal better relationships and better relationships equal better everything. Like when your relationships are high, Mm-hmm. Then, then whatever relationship you have and whatever is is revolving around that relationship, it works better. Not saying it will be perfect, but it's yeah. better. Right. Yeah. So if, if that's the case and, and, and better, everything comes from better relationships, but better relationships comes from better communicators. Then we need to be focusing our time, our effort, our energy, our finances, whatever else you want to throw in there to communication. Here's the thing. We as adults and, and I'll speak for myself. I've been around thousands of adults in my 38 years of living. Even as adults, we have a hard time effectively communicating, right? So if we as adults have a hard time, what happens to our K through 12? What happens to our kindergarten, first grade, second grade, right? Like they are having a hard time communicating. And when I'm talking about communication, most people will jump, jump the gun and say, Oh, so you're talking about speaking. No, I'm talking about effective communication, which effective Mm -hmm. communication means not only are you able to share your information, right? But you're also able to take in information. Mm -hmm. The listening part for me is even bigger than me sharing. When people bring me out to do talks or or to give uh, um, keynote speeches, I don't, they don't bring me out because I'm a great speaker per se. They bring me out really, if they really knew, they bring me out because I'm a great listener. And I listen to find out what needs to be conveyed. And then I meet the client's needs and they bring me back. Right. But that (laughs) that has less to do about my speaking ability. It has everything to do with what am I listening for? What is it that they want me to do? What am I observing when I'm seeing them put on an event? Or what are these young people that I'm observing every day looking like they need? And then how do I go based off that to communicate what needs to be communicated to them? And so for me, 
I'm super passionate about this. Like I, I have three kids. My oldest son just graduated from high school recently. My youngest son is a senior this year and my daughter is a fifth grader. And I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm like, yes, there's many things that I can teach you, but if I can teach you how to not only share your message authentically, mm-hmm. share it with passion, be concise, be concrete, in sharing it, but also be able to listen and not just listen to, to, to respond, but mm-hmm. listen to comprehend and understand. Like yes. if I can really teach you that life looks a lot different. You yes. will actually have the, the one up on other people who are learning all these things. Cause think about it. When you, when a, when a student steps into math class, they have to communicate. Absolutely. In the science, English, Anything you do, you're communicating. If you're going to the fast food restaurant, what are you doing? Communicating. If you're going to the high-end restaurant, what are you doing? Communicating. If there's somebody in the restroom and you really have to go, you're going to communicate by knocking on that door, right? So communication is everywhere at all times, right? The media might change. We might be on Zoom. It might be through music. It might Mm -hmm. be through a a thumbs up. And also be careful about that because in some places, this does not mean okay, right? Like that's all part of of communication. And so- um, I'm in a space where I'm like, why isn't that a high priority for people? And, and, and when, I've, when I've had conversations, I'll get a lot of English teachers and I love them. And they'll be like, oh no, we're teaching it. Mm. You're teaching a piece of, of that, but I guarantee you're not spending every day helping someone articulate what's going on in here yeah. and in here. And then being yes. able to receive it in a way that they receive it, right? And so communication is, is my thing, man. And, and one of the things like I shared with you before is in the next 10 years, I'm 38. By the time I'm 48, my goal is that effective communication will be a main subject taught in schools. And, um, and so that's what I'm pushing for, you know, even if that means I have to start my own school. Um, yeah. but, but right now I'm teaching workshops for, for young people and adults on how to effectively communicate. Some people are great orators, right? Some people are great when it comes to sharing, right. but they suck when it comes to listening. Yeah. <laughs> or they or they're great at community or they're great yeah. orators. They they're great at listening, but they're not great at observing for comprehension. Right. Yes. And so if I, I can if I hang out with somebody for 24 hours and I'm just and I don't say a word, I can know more than that per I can know more about that person than I would if they talked to me about themselves because I'm yeah, observing. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And I'm taking in what's going on. And so I just truly believe that there's an expectation in life, period, for people to be able to communicate at a high level. If that is the case then why are we not stressing that more? And why are we not teaching that to everybody? So everybody, yeah, I can be on that. I told you, man, I can be on that for like my life. <laughs> no, you did a good job though, because you communicate that passionately in like three minutes. But here's the thing we can keep talking about it is, you know, people say like, Oh, the socks, the soft skills are really important. And, and I, my, one of my missions is to, is to stop calling it a soft skill. Mm. Emotional intelligence and intuition and community, all these things that are like the most important skills in life, no matter what your job is, no matter what you're, what you're doing in the world. And so, yeah, communication is one of them. And my story is so funny because I was the quiet kid. Mm -hmm. I never talked, even in college, they'd be like, you're going to have to raise your hand, like in the seminars and stuff. Yeah. And, and I was always listen. My daughter's the same way. And so people are like, how do you know so much about me? I'm like, I just sit there and observe and just feel and take it all in. And I like, I can walk into a room and I'm like, oh, that person's feeling that she's angry. And then I'm just sitting there and I'm just listening and taking it all in. And then I moved into these leadership roles. They're like, you got to talk. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I should work on the actual, like you were saying, like the oral communication. I could write really well because I was quiet, but I could communicate verbally or in, written, in writing. 
Yeah. And so um, I do think that what we do now is we actually, we really favor the kind of like talk, 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 especially men, let's be clear, the mansplaining, right? It's like talk, 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 like interrupt somebody before they finish and just keep talking, talking, talking. <laughs> it's like, I, th- I honestly think I'm with you on the communication and I, I'm right here with you. So you heard it here today. I'm with you, whether we have to start schools or whatever yeah, it may yeah. be. I'm with you 10 years. I love the goal. But I think the most important or one of the important pieces is listening, listening, listening. And every leader will tell you that you've got to learn how to listen. And you actually tagged me on a LinkedIn post. And that's why I thought of you. I was like, oh, we're on the same page. Like it's about yeah. listening. And what you're really referring to with the, um, with the school system is the, what we have talked about for this year at Growth Public Schools as the number one kind of like driving force, the guiding light as Mrs. Johnson calls it, is really about relationships. Yes. And how relationships, learning's at the heart, you know, the relationship. So without listening, without communication, like you were saying, like relationships are everything. And and without the social emotional learning, without like to me, that's a bedrock of everything. Mm. Like, and all the research shows is if the kids are safe, if the kids feel secure, if they feel trusted, then their learning is just totally skyrocket. So um, I applaud you for the communication piece. And what is your like what's something you want people to hear about like what makes a great communicator if you could give advice about like what makes a great communicator what would you share with people be intentional about listening for comprehension like for me that's the number one thing because you don't have to have confidence in order to be a great listener for yeah. comprehension, right? You might need a lot of confidence built up to go and speak publicly right. or just speak right. one-on-one or yeah. just share your ideas, your thoughts, your feelings, your information. It might take some confidence. So you might need to yeah. go to a class to build that up. You don't really need a class to build confidence on listening, right? It's just, you have to be intentional and make a commitment and be dedicated to say, I am going to be not just an active listener, but I'm going to be a listener to understand and comprehend. Like, there are people I speak to that might hear what I'm saying. There are mm-hmm. other people, other people who might I might speak to, and they might read like they they might reiterate what I'm saying. But just yeah. because you you <laughs> you parrot or you mirror what Perfect. I'm saying, right? That doesn't mean that you actually understand, understand what I'm saying, right? And so my big thing is like anytime I'm doing an effective communication course, we're starting with listening. Let's just let's just practice our listening. And from listening, then we go to observing. So I say we listen with these and we listen with these, right? We listen mm-hmm. with our ears and we listen with our eyes. So we go to then observing. The, the talking actually is the easy part for me to teach you. I can teach you, I can get you fired up and you can be super confident and you'll be out there speaking in public. I don't even call, I don't, when I'm doing stuff, I don't say, let me teach you uh, to become a public speaker because mm-hmm. people fear that. I say, let me teach you to speak in public. Why? Because when you go go to the grocery store, you have to speak at some point. So you're always in public. So let me teach you. Let me give you some confidence on speaking in public. And so that part is the easy part for me. The hard part is, do you even know what you just heard? Like, do you understand (laughs) it? Do you comprehend it? And then if you if you do. Are you hearing it with a bias? Like, are you hearing it from yourself? Right. Like, Like, like. in your listening and comprehending, does that come from your past experience? And right. it's like, what meaning are you pulling from it? So those yes. that like that for me is the foundational piece of yes. any type of effective professional communicators. Let's listen for comprehension, listen for understanding, let's observe. And then 
be in a place where once we get it, we can then share back, like, is this what I heard you say? Or is yes. this what you said so that we can get the full meaning? So now the receiver and the sender are on the same page. Yes. That happens. Great relationships happen. Yes. Right. Like my wife and I one time, and I share this story a lot when I'm doing my talks. Uh, she came in the house one day and I was like, oh, she came home from work and, and I wanted to, and I had a I had a goal and objective in mind. I wanted to get a hug and a kiss. Right. <laughs> and so she came in from work one day and I was like, oh, baby, you're looking good today. Right. <laughs> Thinking that she's going to take that as a compliment and mm-hmm. she's going to give me a hug and a kiss. She right. looks at me. And she goes, so are you saying I don't look good every day? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Right. I, I said something good. I even uh-huh. had my facial expression and my demeanor was on point. My body language was right. The tone that I used was great. So all these skills were great, but it was less about what I said. It was more about how she received what I said. Yes. And what she heard from it was, I don't look good all the time, even <laughs> though that's not what I said. Right. So my intent right. was not that. But what she received from it was why? Because that that came from her past experiences that came from her filter that came from somebody else down the line or multiple people saying something very similar, but not meaning what I meant. Right. But here's what I did. I listened for comprehension and understanding the very next day, me being a competitor. I said, you know what? I'm a, I'm a better, my best today. She comes (laughs) home. She walks in the door. I'm like, same goal, but I'm about to, I'm about to do it this time. She comes in. I said, baby, you looking good. Like you always do. (laughs) right I got the hug I got the kiss but in that moment I was able to share with her in a way that I know that she best receives the information I was trying to convey but here's how that happens I had to get to know her my man I have to get to know her when I'm communicating with people I tell people all the time and this is the second piece know your audience know who you're communicating with right not only know who you're communicating with but know how they best receive information my oldest son Dwight Jr. Now we probably stay on the phone for about 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. But there was a time where we can only be on the phone for five or 10 minutes because he wasn't a phone guy because all all his friends, they texting or they're Snapchat. So Mm -hmm. I could have been like, son, no, the way that I want to communicate is on the phone. So you better answer the phone or I can meet him where he is Mm -hmm. and still get the same information. So now I'm texting my son. We will text paragraphs back and forth for three hours. Why? Because I understand (laughs) the way that he best receives information from me. Yes. He may be on the phone with his mom for three hours, but with dad, he doesn't really want to be on the phone like that, but he will stay texting me all night long. So I had to get to know my son so I Mm -hmm. can know how he best receives information. My daughter, she wants that face-to-face connection. She will text. She's like, dad, I need to sit in your lap. I need to look at your face and I need you to be locked in on me and you need to shake some head and to give me (laughs) some verbal cues and some some sounds to let me know that you're tracking with me. Right. And so- Mm -hmm. To be an effective communicator, <clears throat> the, the second piece would just be know your audience, right? Yes. Like there's so many, there's so many mediums that, that we can communicate. There are some people who, and this is a shameless plug, some people who do better. I was gonna ask you about it, so it's okay. Some Tell people me about who do it. better with writing or writing a book yeah. to convey their message. Some people do better with audio. Some people yeah. do better on camera. Like that's three different pieces. Somebody might yeah. say, man, I have a great voice and I'm, I have a great message. I don't really like to write, but I don't like being on video, but I can I can do a podcast. I can yeah. do audio. Somebody else might say, I love being on video. I don't really like to write, but I can take what's in here and what's in here and get it out to the masses. Some people are like, I don't like to hear my voice. Yeah. I'm speaking with this, yes. right? 
And so understanding the third piece, understanding who you are, yes, right? Understanding who you are, who are you authentically? And that comes back to self-awareness, which goes into that SEL piece, right? Like yeah. know who you are and, yes. and, and be, be true to your authentic self. And so yes. if you are um, more of a, a verbal communicator, then do that. If you're more of a nonverbal, do that. If you're more of a writer, a texter, a type, like find what best works for you. And so um, those are three things. I have a list of millions, but I think yeah. that if, if somebody just started with those three, but really started with that basic foundation of, you know what? I'm going to make a decision to become an intentional listener who listens for understanding and comprehension. I guarantee life will change. I've learned so much yes. by not saying a word. Yes. So. Yes, and like the grandmasters always say, or whatever the the, the mat, whatever you call it, the um, the most seasoned leaders will always say, like, do not those who speak less actually. Um, like win or like they do better like in a negotiation or a conversation like don't tell my father-in-law told me this years ago he's like don't say a lot like if you're trying to meet with somebody or right. trying to just listen and then say a few words and then people start to actually respect you more because you're not just like talking all the time but when you say something everyone's like oh wait he's about to say something <laughs> like right. and he says it like concisely and in a way that's like really powerful you know and, and here, here's the here's the even doper thing with that is that when you listen for comprehension and listen to understand and say, you know what, it's not about me in this moment, right? We're becoming selfless and saying, it's not about me in this moment. I want to learn about this person. Yes. Multiple things happen. Not only are you listening and you're learning and you're comprehending, but the other thing that happens is that person nine times out of 10 feels even more valued, right? They feel like they're being heard. So if we take this down to students, when I'm with students, yes. unless somebody books me to come speak and stand on the stage, when I'm with a student, I say nothing. I might ask a few guiding questions to get more information, yes. but I'm listening. Why? Because even if I don't agree with everything, one, it's still their truth. The other piece is they feel heard. They feel valued. And our students today, especially in times like this, they yeah. want to know that people care. And my grandfather yes. told me a long time ago, he said, grandson, you've heard it said before. People don't care about what you know until they know that you care. But I want you to take it a step further. People won't know that you care until you show that you care. Yes. Spell love, T-I-M-E, time, right? Yes. And so I take time with these young people to listen to what they're saying so they can know that I care because I've shown it, right? Yes. Like I show that I care by my listening. I don't show that I care by just talking and telling you my perspective or even right. regurgitating what you said. I show right. that I care by listening. They have enough people talking at them already. Exactly. I want to listen to. Yeah. And what's so amazing about that is your business is actually not all of it, but part of your business is doing the like public, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you understand that even that is a two way conversation. 100%. 100%. You're not just standing there like, I'm going to just do this the same way every single time and say the same words. Like, I'm assuming that you're listening to the audience in your own way. Right. So here, I'm about to give some public speakers a nugget that I usually charge for, but because it's you, <laughs> I'm going to give it to them for free. Thank you. Here's, here's what I do. Anytime somebody books me to come speak, it doesn't matter what size, if it's for a one-on-one -on -one consulting or if it's for 2000 people, whatever the case may be, I send out a 16 question checklist so yes. I can know exactly what it is that the client is expecting of me, what they yes. want to hear. What are some words that you want me to put into the message? Why? Because it's not about my message. If somebody is bringing me out, right? If somebody is paying money for me to come and, and do something, whatever that something is for their 
organization for their group, then I want to make sure that they get a return on their investment by me yes. doing what it is that they want me to do. And yes. so I ask these 16 uh, questions. And by the time I go over these 16 questions, one, my talk is pretty much done. But number mm -hmm. two, I'm going to hit every point and then I'm going to take it a step further by adding my own twist and experience and energy right. and charisma and, and all, yeah. of, all of that to it. And so there's never, so that, that's another part of me listening. I'm, I'm, I need these 16 questions answered so I can listen to your heart of what you want to get across so I can not over, not, not just uh, deliver, but I'm always trying to add more value than you are even expecting. And so, um, yes, in my business, I'm listening constantly. I'm listening to customers. I'm listening yes. to critics. I'm listening yeah. to competitors. I'm listening yeah. to my consumer. Like I'm listening mm. all the time. I'm in, I'm in my DM all the time. I'm in my comments all the time. I'm in other people's comments. When, whenever you post this, I'm going to check out to see what comments are people saying, oh, he's trash or he was great <laughs> or he this, that, right? But I want to listen because I'm a forever learner. Right. Right. And I want to become better at, at my craft. And more importantly, I just want to become the best version of me that I can be every moment, second Absolutely. minute, hour of every day. Wow. And not you're you're knocking my socks off, blowing me away. <laughs> I can see why people hire you. All right, so just to wrap up here, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. But yeah. to wrap up here, um, why don't you share like your book? I want people to see the book and um, just other things you're working on, where people can find you. And then after you do that, maybe just any any you know final final thoughts you want to share before we before we wrap up. Definitely. So if you are viewing this and you can see me, I have my two books back here. The books are called Dominate Your Day. Uh, the first one is called 100 Empowering Statements That Encourage Greatness. The, the red book, which is this book I have with me, is the student edition. And so basically I condensed the first version into 30 empowering statements solely focused on SEL. Like I, I made it a point that one, I wanted the students to read it, to receive it, but also to, to be impacted by it, right? And so mm -hmm. what I did with this book is I talked to some principals, I talked to some teachers, and then some of some students who had the first black book. And I said, what about it do you love? What do you mm -hmm. hate? What do I need nice. to fix? Which, which statements resonated in that book? What do you want to hear more of? Again, listening, right? So I listened to them. They even told me Mr. Taylor, make the book red. These are students. I said, what color? <laughs> they said red because red pops. And us okay. as students, we want to see something that's not dull and not plain. Right. So I was listening to them. Nice. Why? Because these are the consumers who I right. want to be reading this book. Right. <laughs> and so um, so it's 30 empowering statements that encourage greatness. The the dominate your day, that's my mantra. I got one of my shirts on. Matter yeah. of fact, I'm getting ready, another shameless plug. Um, I'm getting ready to drop um our first shirt. I haven't sold a shirt yet in the three years that I've been working on these shirts. I'm getting ready to announce that later on um, today. And so I'm excited about that. But Dominate Your Day is what I live by. That simply means bring the very best version of you to every moment, second, minute, hour, every yes. day, every week, every month, every year until you die. Like bring the best version of you. Show up to every interaction expecting greatness from it. Right. Yes. And even if you can't expect greatness from the other person, you can always expect greatness from yourself. Absolutely. Right. My grandfather told me a long time ago, he said, we can't control most outcomes, but we can always control our input to a yes. situation. Right. Yes. So if you can control your input, then control what you can control. Bring your perfect effort to that situation. And um, and so that's what the book is about. It's too many empowering statements for you not to find at least one in there that can yes. possibly transform your life forever. And so um, that's what we're doing. I have my coaching business uh, that I just recently launched uh, to the masses. I've been coaching for about seven to 10 years, but on August 1st, I think it was, that's crazy. August 1st, um, 
we launched DTS Coaching and Consulting. That's just Dwight Taylor Senior Coaching and Consulting. Nice. And so I'm doing one-on-one coaching, group coaching, mastermind. Uh, it's, it's focused around personal development and professional development. And I truly believe that you can't be the best professional that you want to be without being the best person you want to be because Absolutely. that personal will start spilling over into that professional oh, yeah. and you have to Absolutely. be mindful of what's spilling over into that professional. And so I'm um, just helping people become the best version of themselves and um, effective communication workshops. Like I'm yep. doing, I'm doing workshops right now with young men, uh, with a couple of teams right now. I'm also doing some stuff with some, some young ladies. A few schools have already reached out for me to do um, like a semester worth of workshops, more so on the let's support our students as they go through this, especially um, our African-American students who are dealing with, you know, what's going on in the world. And so, again, I'm listening. I'm just being a support. So my goal is to just be what I can be for those who need it. Uh, You can find me very easy. DwightTaylorSR.com, D-W-I-G-H-T-T-A-Y-L-O-R-S-R.com, Instagram at Dwight Taylor Senior, Twitter at Dwight Taylor Senior. I'm I'm super accessible. So uh, yeah, that's it. You know, tap in with me. I, I would love to communicate with you, um, even if that means I don't say a word and I just listen. <laughs> We've learned that you love to listen, so the communication is to be listening. And you know, I have to share the story of how we met because I do think there's larger forces that attract people together. Mm. And I honestly was looking for board members and as I've been doing my inner work and really trying to just take myself to another level, yeah. it's like the people that started volunteering, because this is a board member's volunteer. He's a public servant because you're not getting paid anything. It's a public charter school. So, um, but the people that started coming, literally, I didn't go out and look for people. They just came to me and we only had to talk for about a minute because I could just read your energy <laughs> and I could read your vibration. And I was like, okay, yep, I'm, I want this person on the board. And so I just, I just wanted to share that because I do think that, like you said, doing your, being the most, uh, most authentic version of yourself and showing up as your true nature, showing up, trying to get better every second of every single day, all yeah. those things you said, that's literally what I like double, quadrupled, 100% down on. And then someone like you just walked in. Like, that's not a coincidence. Okay? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and so I'm super excited that the kids at our school, even though you might not interact with them, that you're on the board, that, you know, that we have your awesome light, your awesome energy in our, in our organization. And it's just been a pleasure talking to you. And, and honestly, I do everything by intuition and I just, you're just, your name came in. I was like, oh, I gotta reach out to him. And I didn't think about it. I wasn't like, oh, what are we going to talk about? You even asked me, what, what do you want to talk about? I was like, oh, I'll put a few things. I'll put a few things on the email just to make them think that I have a plan, but it's just going to be all energy. <laughs> And you are amazing. And I really do want, like I said, part of the goal of my new organization is really highlighting people that really get it mm-hmm. and amplifying their voices and making sure that kids have access to you, that the teachers have access to you, because I really do think your message is super powerful. And I think that we just need more people like you in the world. And the fact that things are changing drastically, I'm actually not interested in talking about how the world's falling apart, even though everybody wants to talk to me about that. I'm actually interested in keeping my thoughts and my vision on what are we going to build out of this great it. change? I love and that's, it. you know, where there's great change, where there's there's change, there's pushback, there's the rug has to be pulled out or the table has to be turned over and all these things are happening. They're happening for us. And so yes, people like yes. you see that. And I'm just, and I know that with all the stuff that, cause I know you used to do in-person and you had your, um, you know, your, in, your workshops and sessions. And I know that you're just adapting to this moment and finding ways to build new things and, you are the future of education. Like what you're doing every single day, you're embodying the future of education. Mm -hmm. That's my goal in life too. So 
we're going to build the school. We're going to build all the things you want to build. I, I'm always, I always have your back. I'm always in your corner. And I really appreciate you. And just thank you for taking the time with us today. Man, thank you so much for having me on. Allow me to get on your platform and share with your listeners. And um, yeah, man, the last thing. Yeah. If we aren't challenged, we aren't changed, right? And so if we can stay with the perspective of we may not be able to control what happens to us. Yes. But we can always control how we respond to what happens to us. Absolutely. Right. So we literally can create our day. And if we can create a great day, we can create a great week. If we can create a great week, we can create a great month and so on. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm not thinking about, like you said, what, what's what's going wrong? Uh, what's not happening? I'm thinking about what can we create? What can we build? Who can I collaborate with? Because this is happening but I can respond to it. I get to decide on how I respond to what's happening. So 50% of my life is, is being proactive and creating. The other 50% is me literally responding well. So yes. you put those two fifties together, I get to create what my day looks like. Even if all hell breaks loose, even if my wife is upset, even if my kids are upset, I get to choose exactly. on how I respond. Even if it, it looks like it's, it's Mars in, in Northern California with it being orange and everything. And I get to I get to decide on how I want to respond. So I want to encourage everybody out there. You may not be able to control everything, but you can always 100 percent control how you respond to everything. Absolutely. And I encourage you to respond well. So beautiful. Great way to end. And I just remember when Dwight texted me right when the school closed, you know, it was a good word memory. He's like, hey, how's everything going? And what did I say? I was like, it's all good. <laughs> I was like, hey. I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot in this life. I'm not going to bring my past experience into this moment. And you only have the present moment and we're safe. I'm breathing. Everything's beautiful. And it's go. not, <laughs> but on the inside, I'm just going to live in that, in that, that world of like, everything's beautiful and just keep creating things. And I do want to spend more and more time with people like you because we create really, there's going to be a lot of magic that's created out of this mess. So thank you, my friend, as always, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Great day. All right. Thank you, man. Take care. Right. Take care. I hope you're able to soak up Dwight's wise words from his insights about effective student engagement and his belief that with communication, deep listening is just as important as speaking. And really, I love what he said about without challenge, there is no change. And you can see why he's a sought after motivational speaker and why he has a best selling book. So, I'd love to ask you for your closing question today for your contemplation through the week is what insights about effective communication and relationships will you take away from today's episode? And if you're still listening, thank you so much for being a true fan of A Conscious Way Forward podcast. Your support means so much to us. If you have a moment, please go now and rate and review the podcast so that new audiences can learn about our work. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.